Hello, America. What a what just an amazing program today's podcast is. You don't want to miss a second of it. Uh, let me just let me just say this out front. You won't believe the miracles that happen on today's podcast. Don't miss it. Also, uh, did a podcast available for Blaze subscribers 8 p.m. Eastern today. That's Thursday. It's available for all Blaze subscribers a couple of days early. It's a podcast with Tucker Carlson. It's an hour of uh, Tucker and and I. And I don't think you've ever seen or heard Tucker like this. Don't miss it. Just join blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save on that. Uh, then when you're a member, just go in and look for the Glenn Beck podcast, Tucker Carlson. It's fantastic. so glad that you are here today you should be filled with a lot of hope because you are making a difference in afghanistan you are you are remember the government is not america the people are america and while we can't seem to get our elected leaders and we do hold responsibility for that while we can't seem to get them to do the right thing you are yesterday you gave over $9 million, halfway now to the goal of $20 million uh, to be able to get three to 5,000, I think it's going to be closer to 5,000 people uh, out of Afghanistan. We need you to spread the word. Go to the NazareneFund.org, the NazareneFund.org, or MercuryOne.org. I mentioned this yesterday, too. <clears throat> be patient with the site. Yeah, as we mentioned it, it does tend to get overwhelmed a little bit, but yeah. it will. It has popped up. It popped up all day yesterday. Obviously, a lot of money came in, so you just got to be patient. And keep trying. There is no one. There is no audience th that I know of that has ever done anything like that. This is just this audience. People are awesome. You I, are. I mean, I'm shocked by nine million dollars, but in a way, I'm not shocked by nine million. Just an amazing group of people. Incredible. Uh, I want to go to Congressman Chris Stewart, uh, the Republican from Utah and good friend of the program. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good morning. God bless you guys for that Nazarene Fund effort. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of money, and it and it says a lot about the American people still that they'll step up at a time when there's just incredible need. I think people just. I mean, I am so disgusted by uh, the way this was handled. I mean, and I think it's because if you believe America is a horrible place, if you believe our military is just killers, you you expect this. And so you don't stay. You don't come up with a plan. But the American people, they look at these people that have been left behind. And I am so angry I mean, look at how we look to the rest of the world. We're not those monsters. But boy, this administration has sure made us into those monsters. It's inexcusable. It is an, it's a generational tragedy playing out before eyes. And it didn't have to be this way. And I'll tell you, as angry as I've ever been over the last few, really few weeks, but particularly the last seven days or so watching this, 
one of the most one of the worst times was yesterday listening to the president with Stephanopoulos saying, "I don't think any mistakes have been made. No mistakes. I think this was inevitable. It's no. inconceivable. And if he's sitting across from General Milley or General Austin or any of his other leaders, and he says no mistakes were made, good job, guys. It's unbelievable that we would have a president who would take that. So, first of all, I I'm begging Donald Trump." Run for Congress. Please run for Congress. Then become the Nancy Pelosi and you lead the impeachment of all of these clowns. This is these guys should these, you know, in in uh, in Japan, there's honor and they do crazy. Th- they kill themselves when they're dishonored. I just like these people to step aside. This is so yeah. dishonorable. I couldn't agree more, and I've been calling again for the resignation of Millie and Austin for the last half a week. And and it, again, how can the president trust him? How can the American people trust him? But I want to come back to this other point, Glenn, that you and I have communicated on. It didn't have to be this way. And I assure you, if President Trump had been the president during the completion of this withdrawal, it would not have been this way. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Wait, wait, wait. Just a second. That's not true, because let me play cut eight, please. Here's Joe Biden yesterday with Stephanopoulos. Listen to this. We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that we're going to go back in hindsight and look. But the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing I don't know. How so that there you go, Chris. Uh, I mean, that was five days ago. So let's not talk about the plane. How dare you bring it up? That was five days ago. Uh, and there was no way out without chaos, Chris. You're right. I stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> this was the most brilliant man in the world. And, and I concede to his experience and authority. Of course, there was a way we could have done this. Any, any mildly competent leader could have done this. And, and Glenn, it, I, I had conversations with the president, with his national security team. I can assure you that they would have not allowed this to happen. President and I Trump. With confidence because, yes, President Trump, of course. Because, I mean, for one thing, their plan was this. I, don't, now, I know this is going to shock people, but think of this. He said, we will withdraw our, our civilians first. We will draw U.S. persons first. Then we will bring out our allies, those interpreters, those people who worked in the motor pool, those, those Afghanis who, whatever they were doing, were brave enough to say, we will help U.S. forces here. We will draw them out second, and then we will draw out our U.S. troops. Okay, hang on just a second. This is from a conversation that you had with Donald Trump. So anyone... He had... Go ahead. He had this conversation. He had this conversation all the time. I mean, he was adamant about this. And whenever this conversation came up, he, he described exactly the process and, and what his vision and view of this was. Okay, so that was point and one. Was Everybody gets out before the military gets out. Point two. Well, and then there was this severe threat of deterrence. Even, even a personal threat. 
that he would look and, and he communicated and actually negotiated. He was criticized for doing this with some of the Taliban leadership and some of the Taliban spokesmen. And he said to them, essentially, now I'm paraphrasing, but this is it. And the, and the intention was clear. I will hold you responsible if you break any of the red lines as we go through this process. And when he said responsible, everyone in the room knew we were talking about Suleimani and others who they have reached out and, and, and been able to touch again, holding them. We're not going to come after your soldiers. We're going to come after you. And they understood that. And the response was, oh, no, no, Your Excellency, we will not do that. We will not do that. And the reason being is because they feared and they respected President Trump. Do you think there's anyone in that region now who is looking at this no. president and uh, through the eyes of fear and respect? In that region, I don't think there's. I heard on the floor of Parliament a dress down of the United States that was so embarrassing. Uh, nobody respects us now. And God help the people of Taiwan. God help them. Exactly. And it will take us, if we're ever able to, it will take us a generation to rebuild trust in the region there now. And this has, this has real national security consequences for the United States as we move forward. And not just in Afghanistan. As you indicated, Glenn, throughout the rest of the world, People will be looking at us. They look at us through a different prism now. They look at us in a, through a different set of eyes because they watch this. And then they hear the president say, ah, no mistakes have been made. This was inevitable. No responsibility. He takes no responsibility for this. Uh, there's one other thing I want to mention, if I could, and that is the previous administration being adamant on this. We will leave none of our equipment behind. We won't be, leave any classified material behind. Uh, and now we know that the administration has admitted there's there's hundreds of millions of dollars, perhaps billions of dollars of military equipment and classified material that have fallen into the hands Jeez. of the Taliban. It's inexcusable. Is 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 you you're a military expert? I mean, you graduated top of your uh, top of your class. Um, you've been with the military for forever and ever. Uh, do you know of a bigger military disaster than this? Is this Bay of Pigs or worse? Well, I think potentially it's worse for a number of reasons. Number one, after the Bay of Pigs is the president didn't come out and say, hey, nothing to look at here. This went really, really well. Let's talk <laughs> about COVID. Um, and, and there was some responsibility that was accepted. And I don't think either the Bay of Pigs had quite the far-reaching strategic importance that this has. We hadn't been fighting a war in Cuba for 21 years yeah. after the Bay of Pigs. Uh, and there are other things that I think make this even more grave. Uh, I think you could equate it to Saigon as, you know, everyone has. Uh, and I don't know, I'm not a historian. I couldn't give that perspective. But it's certainly on, on par with, I think, anything in our lifetime and, and probably anything within generations. Um, and that's what we have. That's really what should be uh, should be our focus now is how do we recover from this? First place, how do we do what you're doing with your nine million dollars and counting to help re you know recover those who are endangered from this? That needs to be the immediate focus. But then strategically, we've got to have a president who can admit and acknowledge that this wasn't handled the way it should have been. Put a team around him who will do the same thing, which clearly they haven't. And, uh, and then try to rebuild the pieces, but it's going to take a long time. 
And if you're an Afghani, do you ever trust Never. the United States again? Never. Never. It's honestly this, I, I thought of this all throughout the night. Uh, we're asking these Christians to trust us that we can get them out. And I, I, if we're going to do our very level best, we may die trying to do that. But gosh, would you trust us? And then if, if something goes wrong and I mean, geez, we have no credibility None. I don't even trust my own government on the ground. I don't trust that the State Department is going to be able to help anything. You know, Glenn, but that's why what you're doing with this is so important, because it's a way for us to say to people, not only people in Afghanistan, but people around the world, this doesn't represent the United States. There are still there are still good people in the United States, capable people who understand the importance of what is happening and are going to do everything we can, even outside of the power and forces of the United States government, to try to make it better, to try to help. And, uh, and I think that message is desperately needed right now. Uh, Congressman Chris Stewart, uh, thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk again. God bless you, Chris. Thank, thank you, sir. You bet. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. You know, we've talked about prayer before on this program, but I have I have never uh, ever been more clear that it will only be through prayer that this works and this happens. Um we have, I mean, let me just give you the situation at the Kabul airport. At the Kabul airport, your plane cannot be on the ground for more than 30 minutes. Okay? There's no fuel in all of Kabul. There's no fuel at the airport. So if you land a plane, you better have fuel to get back out. The, the perimeter is surrounded by the Taliban. And... They are constantly fighting the people. It hasn't. It's exactly the chaos that was happening under our planes the other day. It's just happening on the other side of the wall. And that chaos is is happening because the Taliban is beating people. There were clips that were heartbreaking that were coming out yesterday of of people screaming to our Marines at the top of the wall. And the Marines have a list of people that can come in, but they can't get through the gates. They can't, they, they can't get through. Heartbreaking videos of children being passed over the wall so at least the children can get out. This is shameful. Shameful for the most powerful military in the world. Or are we? Maybe we've just given up on that. This is absolutely shameful because we could change this. Let me tell you something. Donald Trump, if you're listening, please make a statement and we will all do our best to get it out to the rest of the world. You just say, look, I may run again, and if I do, 
and I become president, I know who each one of you Taliban worms are, and you will be dead within my first week. There is no reason why our government can't say to these people, knock it off. Or you're going to cause us to come back with 50,000 troops and kick your ass. We can't convince the Taliban to leave the people alone at the gates. We can't even get our own citizens out. Oh, my gosh. You know, when I said to you a long time ago, there come a point where you don't recognize your country. I never thought of this. I never thought it would be this. Yesterday, Joe Biden. <laughs> Listen out, Joe Biden. Do you know that? Do you know that when our. Our airplanes took off. And those people were holding on. Did you know that we had to meet those planes with doctors and not because of the people who had tried to get on the plane, but for the crew and the and the ground crew that met the plane? Because there were frozen bodies underneath the wheels, there were limbs and human debris smushed in all of the gears and all of the hydraulics did you know that now that you do know that and you have that image in your head i want you to listen to joe biden respond to george stephanopoulos when he brings up the planes that had human remains in it listen to what he says We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did Stop. you think when you first saw Stop. That was four or five days ago. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Aren't you part of the party that's bringing up slavery? That happened 200 years ago? That was five days ago? Yeah, well, you haven't taken responsibility. The buck stops here doesn't really mean anything if there are no consequences. You're saying that there is nothing you could have done better. You're saying that it was as good as it could get. That was five days ago. Why do you keep harping on that? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Joe. Some of us have a memory longer than five days ago. I know for you, that might seem a long time because you are so senile. I'm, I'm surprised every day you remember your president. That was five days ago. Oh, that was ancient history. Why are you harping on it? Oh, my gosh. And what does George Stephanopoulos do? What did you first think of when you saw those that long time ago, five days ago? How how is no one? How is no one indignant? How is no one saying, excuse me? 
That was five days ago. That's how you respond to that. I should also point out that in those four to five days, he wasn't available to talk to anyone. He came out and made one speech and took no questions. This is the first interview he's done since any of that happened. Yeah. So, of course, it's appropriate to ask about and talk to him about. And when he gave a speech yesterday, cut nine. This is what he said. You know, we're not going to sit by as governors try to block and intimidate educators protecting our children. For example, if a governor wants to cut the pay of a hardworking Stop. education. Stop. I can't listen to it. You're not going to stand by as governors exercise their 10th Amendment right. But you think everything in Afghanistan is going peachy. You will stand by as the Taliban embarrasses, humiliates the United States of America, flushes down the crapper Everything we did for 20 years, and you know what? That doesn't bother me as much as you standing by where women, while women and children are shot just a few yards away from our military. But you're not going to, you're not going to stand for, you won't just stand by those governors exercising their 10th Amendment. How dare you? Listen to me. This is not us. And if we don't stand in peace, in love, with goodness and service and malice toward none in our hearts, if we don't begin to stand up right now, there will be nothing left of America. Do you know why Afghanistan is happening? Because as you believe, so shall it be. That is a universal principle. As you believe, so shall it be. Well, what does everyone in uh, the administration and now all those leading the Pentagon, what is it they believe? They believe that America is full of racists and bad people. That our military is only done bad. So this is just another notch on the headboard. That's all it is. This is just another bad thing America did. And America did this long ago. So let's get them out of there. Because it doesn't matter. We're the cause of it. That's what they believe. That is not what I believe. I have always believed our military was right and righteous we have done not because of the military but because of our leadership in washington over the years we have done bad things but the american people didn't necessarily know it or weren't clear on it there is no excuse now we are very clear on what is happening. We are very clear who the bad guys are right now. And quite honestly, we're doing nothing to stop them. Not on my watch, not on my time. Not on your watch, not on your time. Not to stand is to stand. Not to speak is to speak. We have people right now over there 
that are doing everything they can. They are risking their lives, knowingly going into dangerous situations, trying to find this list of 5,000 people, these Christians, trying to find them. Most of them now are in hiding. Yesterday, they were warned that if they are caught, they will be burned alive. We have people with nothing to gain going in voluntarily to try to find these people one by one. It's not like we have them all in one place. With the way things are looking today, I, I, I mean, it will be a miracle. I'm telling you, it will be a miracle if we get a hundred of these people out. It will be a miracle. I know what's happening on the ground. I know what our plan is. And I, I, God is the only answer. We must do all that we can do and he will finish it. But be very clear. Be very clear. It is not you and your donation. It is not me and my voice. It is not the operator's. If we get people out of there, all praise must go to him because it's impossible. 888-727-BECK is the number. If you want to donate now, please, to the NazareneFund.org or MercuryOne.org. We are trying to raise this money by tomorrow, and we have almost $11 million. We are $9 million away. That's in. 25 hours. That is an incredible thing for this audience. Thank you. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. There are very few people that I have met that have had an impact on my life more than the guy who's sitting across from me right now. Uh, in 20, I've known him for a long time, but in 2016, he came into my studio and he asked me to uh, talk to him about what was going on in the Middle East with the Christians. And uh, he said, I just quit my job. I, I just went over there and we got to do something. And I said, okay, let's raise money. <laughs> it's my one skill. Uh, and uh, let's raise money. I'll pledge a million dollars. The man is Johnny Moore. He is in uh, my studios now. He's the guy. He's the reason I started the Nazarene Fund. And what a day for you to be in my town in my studio. You know, Glenn, I didn't want to be in this chair again for this reason. Mm. You know, I, I wish I wish we weren't in, in this moment with this catastrophe happening in Afghanistan. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's like deja vu all, all over again. And, and, and brothers and sisters and innocent people, vulnerable people are, are right in the bullseye. And it's right now. the same people. It's, it's the, the same, people. same people that did it last time. It's our government. You know, I mean, literally, literally, Glenn, it is deja vu. Our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd, Lloyd Austin, 
was in charge of the withdrawal of our troops in Iraq in 2011. Which led to ISIS. Which created the vacuum for ISIS. It's not like it's 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 not like we haven't been down this road before. I mean, this is fully, fully predictable. And 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 yet, you know, it's 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 happening right in front of our eyes. Because the Nazarene Fund has so much credibility with states and I mean nation states. Um, we have states that are lining up to take these Christians that we are hopefully getting out. United States, not one of them. United States won't take them. It, it's the same drill. I mean, it's back to Obama Biden. And, and here we are. And, you know, and, and now it's now it's Biden Biden. And, and the fact of the matter is there isn't a foreign policy issue in his entire career. He hasn't utterly screwed up. And, you know, here we are, women and girls, you know, Christian converts. I mean, you know, you're getting them. I'm getting them like desperate, desperate, desperate people, desperate people. They had a deal and the, and the deal was a future. And then and then the rug has just been pulled right, right from under them. And, you know, I love the United States of America. I'm as patriotic as you can possibly get. But I can't rely on our government to solve this problem. They I mean, can't. You know what? They can't keep us safe in our own cities. They can't keep us safe overseas. And they apparently can't keep their deals and keep people safe, even in countries like Afghanistan you know, and, against and, the Taliban. And, and they're not seeing the big picture either. I mean, uh, th- there is a jihadist insurgency from Mali in, in Western Africa all the way to all the way to Afghanistan. And this was a coup d'etat for every extremist in the world. I mean, there there are there are extremists who, because of American strength, you know, had finally given up on this path. But on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, the Taliban is going to be running Afghanistan. They're going to be in the presidential palace in Kabul. Every extremist in our country, in every country around the world, every person who's flirted with extremism, this is, this is just the beginning of a global catastrophe. And we need to work now to identify the most vulnerable people and to help them we have to help them and, and we got to keep pressure on our you government have been working um johnny i don't know if you know what the nazarene fund has turned into but it is a juggernaut um and has been helping people all around uh the world and you know today i don't even know what it do we, we should get another update last hour in 25 hours, we have raised $12 million for the people in Afghanistan, and we're not going to stop there. I mean, we are continuing rescues, and I know you're in Nigeria. You wrote to me two months ago, and you said, Glenn, I'm just about to give up here. I can't. I can't nothing is happening. Nobody seems to care about all of these Christians that are they are being slaughtered literally in the streets. I mean, in your your book, you have the next jihad in your book. You talk about how they made all of the Christian men lay down on the ground. And yeah. what happened? Yeah, and the the they forced these Christian girls, teenage girls that they had kidnapped. They held a knife in their hands and forced the girls to cut the throats of the of their Christian brothers. You know, the, the, not not long ago, these jihadists showed up in the in this village in the middle of the night in Nigeria. They killed everybody, it, it, including a uh, a little girl who was 13 years old. Her name was Patience. They they killed uh, her her uh, sister, whose name was 
revelation. She was six. And then their four-year-old sibling, whose name, name, was, name was Rejoice, they, they killed a 14-year-old girl in this village with her grandparents. I don't know the names of her of, of of the grandparents, but the little girl's name was Blessing. Right? These are these are Christian parents who named their kids Patience, Revelation, Rejoice, and 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 Blessing. And all of this was happening before Afghanistan. I mean, there's the the one ember of jihadism that hasn't faded since ISIS in Iraq and Syria to this catastrophe in the last week is what's been happening in in, in Western Africa. And if you think that the Syrian crisis was a crisis. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what if we have the failure of Western Africa coupled with the Taliban in Afghanistan, coupled with the failure of governments, you know, around the world over the last year and a half economically? I mean, these are these are very, very precarious moments. And for the first time, at least in my life, you know, I, I, I don't wake up every morning, at least knowing that the United States of America has it has it under control. In fact, I wake up every morning wondering how the Chinese Communist Party is routing America today. You know, I have to tell you, China, look at look, look at what we've done with Afghanistan. China was in in Afghanistan taking pictures with the Taliban leadership before we left. OK, taking pictures because they're their new partners. Well, gee, what's on the other side of 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 uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and just to the other side of that, Iran. India, yeah, or and Iran. Iran on one side. But you, they are going to be able. They're not for India. They're going to squeeze India now from both sides, and then they'll have a sweep all the way through Iran. And and for the president of the United States, Joe Biden, to have the audacity to say that our goal was never an inclusive democracy in Afghanistan to, to, to begin with. I mean, he is, he is handing the future of the world to the autocrats and the jihadists all, all over the planet. The Chinese Communist Party, three weeks before the Taliban took over, you know, hosted the whole leadership in, in, in Beijing. And you know what they get in exchange? Probably a trillion dollars of mineral wealth inside those mountains in oh, Afghanistan. They, they have uh, more lithium I think than anybody else, they have more lithium. I mean, the the riches that are under the ground of Afghanistan. And I don't want to take their riches. I'm not there to take their lithium, but to give it to people like the Taliban and China is insanity. And and make no mistake that all the people who are desperate outside of that airport right now, the Christians that are hiding in the corners of their houses, waiting for the knock on the door from the Taliban all, all over the world, you know, they're going to get no help from the, from the Chinese Communist Party, which has shut down every major church in the country that has interred millions of people in modern concentration camps. I mean, I, I, what, what is happening, and I'm sorry to say it, but we cannot rely on the United States government to help these vulnerable people. We're just going to have to take the situation in our own hands. We're going to have to put unrelenting pressure on our members of Congress. We're going to have to partner with people in other countries around the world. We got to, we got to help these people. We have to, and I know this is where your heart is and your, you really have laid such great uh, rail tracks. We have to put pressure on our churches. Where (laughs) are the churches? You know, this is what's crazy about Nigeria, Glenn. Like Nigeria has a lot of Christians and, and, and a lot of evangelical churches in Nigeria, okay, whose evangelical denominations are based in the United States of America. 
Like every church in the United States of America needs to be adopting a church in Nigeria. They need to be treating them like their brothers and sisters. They need to say like their problems are our problems. Their security matters to us. If, if their church is burned down, we're gonna rebuild it. I mean, in, in already in the first six months of this year, more Christians have been killed in Nigeria than in the entire year last year. Hundreds oh and God. hundreds and hundreds of churches. This is, this is one country. And what makes it even worse that it's happening in Nigeria this is a democracy of 200 million people, a country which receives a billion dollars in our taxpayer money a year from, from our government. And our government, you know, it's largely silent. We won't put pressure on the, on the Nigerian government to, fi to fix this problem. And in the meantime, you know, the, the problems are sprouting up like wildfires, you know, all, 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 all over the world. And, and I mean, the, the fact is there are, there are, desperate desperate people who who at least could rely on the united states not for us to be interventionist not not for us to 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 you know, to just take take to their, magnify their voice alone just to that's, raise their voice that's 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 that is the crime and, of america in cuba the, all they wanted, they were in the streets so Americans could hear their voice, and our American com companies have not done jack squat for those people in Cuba. And, and for the audacity of the Biden administration to say that their number one priority is human rights. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is you know, what, what about those the, the, the women and girls in that video we all saw uh, last night hanging on to that fence? For our Secretary of Defense to, to say that he can't get people out, that's not, that's not what the British are saying. That's not what the French are saying. They're taking their trucks and Humvees into Kabul, rescuing those people and those people who, 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 who helped them over the last uh, you know, two decades. Did you see the uh, women that were protesting in front of the Taliban yesterday? These women were holding up signs that were demanding their right to be outside and to have a job, they were protesting in front of the Taliban. They weren't just like in front of the supermarket. They went to find the Taliban. They're not hard to find and protested silently in front of them. Can you imagine the guts that that is that requires? And, and if, if there was a President Ronald Reagan, he would oh be saying, gosh. I hear your voice. Yes, I hear your voice. But what is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, saying on ABC News this morning? He's saying, well, it's up to the Taliban as to whether they want to be accepted by the international community. It's the same Taliban. Go back and listen to what they said in 1996 when they first took over the country. It is it is copy and paste exactly what they're saying now. Amnesty and all of this stuff. It, it's it's all a grand lie. And just like we have taken it hook, line and sinker from the Islamic Republic of Iran, we're taking it hook, line and sinker. And 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 right now, every single one of us, I don't I don't care what's going on in your day today. I know we're all busy. We all have our jobs. We all have our lives and our kids and everything else. Call your member of Congress. Help the Nazarene fund. Call do your now. church. Call your church. I mean, every pastor in the world ought to be dedicating an entire service this weekend to praying for the Christians that are in the All bullseye the in, in, in Afghanistan. All around the world and Nigeria uh, and all across the Middle East now and Africa. It is with no America 
It was bad with America back during the Obama years. It eased up some in some places with Trump. It's a nightmare right now. Please, you can uh, donate by going to NazareneFund.org or MercuryOne.org. 